Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills From Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Roger, my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good. It's warm. It's, it's warm up here in the UK, isn't it? So uh, enjoying some of this sunny weather, uh, at least for the time being. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, all good. Another week closer to the season starting, some pre-season action. So yeah, all good. Yeah. Saw a bit well, of uh, amateur American football last weekend, if you remember. How did you find that? Yeah, interesting, different, very different. I mean, I have never really watched. I'm guessing it will probably would be equivalent to high school level. And also the, the dudes are bigger. You know, it's kind of regular sized people. Um, well, actually a lot bigger than me, um, most of them. But um, yeah, the style of, style of the game is quite different. I mean, the first thing I noticed is that the safeties play really high up to the line. And I was like, where are the safeties? And I realized that they're not worried about the quarterback's arms <laughs> at all. <laughs> so uh, they just basically, you know, cover the run or, or blitz almost every play. And, and there's a lot more run. It's much more of a sort of, I don't know, 60, 40 run to pass type offense, if, you know, best case. So you don't see an awful lot of, uh, you know, attacking down the field options. It's a lot of in the trenches, line play. Um, but yeah, interesting. It was good. It was uh, enjoyable, uh, but yeah. it's very different, obviously, to what we would watch. Um and probably what people would watch is certainly certainly in college level. I mean, it's certainly not nothing close to that. So I, I'm sort yeah. of thinking it's probably equivalent to, to high school. Mm. How far like could the quarterback throw it? Like you said that you furthest know, I probably yeah. saw was maybe 30 yards. I would say. Yeah, that's the first. That's not too bad actually. Like if I was to throw it, I, I probably it. yeah, <laughs> I probably couldn't do that. So. No. But, you know, there were some athletes. I would say there was, you know, there were some talented players. There was a fullback, especially for uh, for Reading, who really, he was a good, you know, big guy and he he really could um, uh, shift people. Um, and, um, yeah, it was interesting to watch. I mean, it's definitely, you'd see a big difference between the best players and the worst players, is what I'd say. I mean, there's sometimes where the ball's in the air and the, you know, the cornerback's not really paying any attention at all they haven't really <laughs> noticed that it's even in the air and you think wow that seems pretty rudimentary but um you know they were having a good time and um giving it their all and taking it very seriously but yeah it's definitely a nice way to spend a sunday afternoon so you didn't get involved at all there wasn't anyone <laughs> that uh, pulled out and you know wasn't a spot unbelievably not no it's oh, funny i was walking up to the uh the game and you know it's back of your head you think oh it'd be nice to play and then you see the size of these blokes and you think no it's fine <laughs> i think i think they break me in about three plays <laughs> i'd be done <laughs> and there was a lot of injuries like a huge amount like almost every other play there seemed to be somebody down with some kind of ailment so uh yeah it was pretty brutal especially because it was so so heavily predicated on them um, you know the run game there's a lot of a lot of car crash <laughs> car crashes happening up front so yeah not my cup of tea i don't think yeah Good stuff. Okay, so as you said, yeah, we're uh, getting ever closer to the season. I think it's actually two months today for uh, the uh, season opener against the Rams. It's the uh, 8th of July today that we're recording and obviously the game's on the 8th of September. So two months exactly away now and we're just over two weeks as well from training camp. So that's when I start to really get back into it and kind of engage like... I, I think you've got the same mindset as I have in terms of training camp. I don't take a huge amount away from it. Obviously, it's a lot of media hype and you get a lot of the you know, big plays put onto social media. You know, uh, there's still, I don't think, a huge amount you could take from it, but it's something and it's, you know, you see pads as well yeah. eventually. So I think that there's certain things, I mean, nobody knows what a um, what this offense is going to look like with Brian Dable. Out the door. So, I mean, there may be some signals perhaps, but it's hard to really get a feeling for um, 
what I mean, there'll be certain things, for example, if we saw like OJ Howard getting all the play, that'd be interesting. That might imply we're going to play a bit more um, you know, 12 personnel or something. If we saw, you know, James Cook getting a lot of play, a lot of screen games, you know, we might see sort of that kind of stuff, which sort of imply this might be, um, you know, a more open playbook. I don't know. All the other stuff is you, you basically paying attention to the bottom 15, 20 roster spots, you know, the, the people that are not locks who are um, competing for their, for their place. Yeah, I wouldn't underestimate the chance of you know, somebody getting traded or maybe even a couple of players being traded. Cause actually, I mean, you and I were about to do a, a roster prediction. When you really go through this, there's a lot of good quality players, even at the bottom end of the roster. And some of these um, I can see other, other teams picking up. So um if they uh, if they were short in certain certain spots, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I mean, like you say, you can't really take an awful lot from it. You you're really looking at does is Matt Eraser holding the ball? Is uh, uh, yeah, who, who's starting at right tackle? Is it you know David Questenberry or is it Spencer Brown? These are the sorts of things debates that will be being had. It won't be um, sort of too fundamental, I don't think. Yeah, so let's get into it in that case. So, as we said, uh, roster projection today. So, we've got a couple of caveats. So, so clearly, Trey White, he'd be a lock for both of us to make a roster, assuming that he's going to be fit and healthy for week one. So, uh, that's the first one. And then, uh, also, it's based on the roster, like, post 48 hours, because there's always that uh, designation I don't know what happens but I think it's like a salary cap benefit to it but there's always like a player a veteran that's always a bit of a surprise I think it was Jake Kumaro last season before that was Andre Roberts these guys that kind of get cut uh, and they could potentially sign for another team but they always come back like 24 hours after so it's kind of 48 hours uh, post the initial roster announcement and obviously we'll have to review this again near the time uh, for preseason games, because there could be one or two players that emerge and who aren't really on our radar at the moment, and we help, aren't hearing much about. But they emerge; they play well in the preseason games. You know, we might think at that point they've got more of a chance. So we'll do this again near the time, but just initially uh, set our our marker down, and we'll also be tallying these up. So see. Me versus Charlie will be a bit of a battle in terms of, you know, who's the most correct. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll start at quarterback then. So, Charlie, who have you got as uh, making this 53-man roster? I've got Josh Allen and Case Keenum. And I'm not sure it's going to be anything different or any chance of anything different, do you? I'm not seeing Matt, Matt Barkley beat out Case Keenum, are you? No, and obviously it was in, on the open market. If there was a market for him to sign uh, somewhere else, then there'd be more chance of him making the 53. But clearly, we were pretty much the only interested party, I feel like, to sign Matt Barkley. And he's someone that you could just stash on the practice squad, considering they've changed the age limits on the amount of players you can have in your practice squad. You know, this is a Davis Webb who's on the practice squad. He's a good uh, you know, mentor. He's a good friend of Josh Allen. He's just a good body to have in the group, but he doesn't have to be on the 53-man roster. And I think you'll understand that and accept that. So I've got the same as you uh, with Josh Allen and Case Keenan being my only two quarterbacks on the 53. So moving on then to running back, who are the running backs that you've got on your 53? I want Devin Singletary, James Cook and Zach Moss with uh, Duke Johnson missing out. Um, I think that uh, with James Cook coming in, I think that's probably um, it for Duke Johnson. But I also think that he's probably a he could be a trade candidate, um, somebody we're going to cut anyway. But somebody, another team might might want on their uh, bottom end of their depth chart. So um, yeah, just the three running backs. What about you? Uh, 
Yeah, so I've got four. So I don't know how you classify Taewon Jones, but because he is classified as a running back, I thought I'd uh, keep him there, even though clearly he's a special teamer, a gunner. So I've got four, and I've got the same first three as you, plus Taewon Jones. So Zach Moss isn't quite a lock for me. So I've got 38 locks, 10 probables, and then five players yeah. that I think will force their way out He's not a team. lock either for me. Uh, I think no. that's, there's, a, there's a chance that he misses out. Um, I suspect they'll give him one more season, but um, yeah. I don't think it's an a, a absolute lock either. I feel like if he was in his last year of his contract, then it'd be a direct battle between him and Duke Johnson. But because Zach Moss has got that extra season, um, you know, that cap cap benefit if he was to play better and you know get his injuries uh, sorted by the time that the season rolls around then he's got two seasons still left under contract so I feel like that would purely give him a you know a better shot than Duke Johnson but I like Duke Johnson I liked him at the Browns he had a near 800 yard receiving season uh, back in 2016-17 you know so he's got that upside potentially and clearly that's what they were looking for because they selected James Cook in a second round after that. So, yeah, I'm pretty much in line with uh, your thinking there. And what about wide receiver? This will be so, more yeah, this interesting, is, this I think. This is tricky, I think. So i got three absolute locks in Diggs, Davis and Jameson Crowder. And then I've got three probables in Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie and Jake Kumaro. But I've also put Tavon Austin on there um, as a possible returner. It seems like from what we're hearing... There's been some good stuff seen out of Taven Austin. We don't have a, a returner. Seven right wide receivers is, you know, sometimes on average, they typically carry six. But without having that natural returner, I think there's a, a reasonable chance that Taven Austin makes it. I've got it as a as debatable, really. But um, yeah, I've gone for seven. What about you? Yes, yeah, so I've got the same initial six as you. So Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jameson Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir and Jake Kumro are the six. Five I've got as locks, though, which is pretty interesting. So I feel like Diggs, Davis, Crowder, McKenzie and Shakir will all make the roster. And Kumro is the only one that I think will force his way onto the team. So I haven't put a probable against him. Yeah. Um, but, I think I think Kumro's there going to be there for his special teams, you know, yeah. for something different. I, I have a... I mean, this is probably cause all outrage in Bills Mafia, but Isaiah McKenzie, I think there's a possibility he would, he's a trade candidate. Um, if Kelly Shakir and Taven Austin really tear it up in training camp, I think there's a chance that Isaiah McKenzie misses out. You know, what are we really going to use his skill set? I mean, I like the player, but if you look at what the bill, how the Bills have used him, they haven't used him much at all. Um, it, there's just a, a faint chance, I think, that he's um, on the outside looking in. But so, yeah, I think he's probably going to going to be on the. Uh, starting roster I don't think they're going to want that much turnover at the wide receiver position um, but um, yeah I just I don't think it's an absolute lock McKenzie has Taven Austin got experience doing kick returns because then I can understand that logic I believe so yeah I he has so, okay yeah. because that's why I kept McKenzie and Shakir so Shakir's the more experienced uh, punt returner I, I say that actually McKenzie has had a number of years of experience of that in the NFL uh, more prominently with the Broncos before us but I just felt like McKenzie can do the kickoff returns. He's just got to make sure that uh, he keeps his eyes on the ball and doesn't get too... Uh, I remember, was it the uh, Washington game last season? Um, was it where, where it had that really weird kick that came back and was caught by the same team that kicked uh, it off? Yeah, do you remember? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was Washington. So as long as he can keep his eyes on the ball and 
recognise what what's going on, then I think he's a good and capable kick returner. Shakir, I just like his upside. He can do some of the same things as McKenzie can do. Uh, I think he'll work predominantly from the slots, maybe Crowder's uh, like backup. So, yeah, I've gone for six, so I haven't gone for seven. Yeah, Kevin Austin's definitely done some some returning in the past. I think punt returns um, certainly, you know, for the Cowboys, um, a bit for the Packers as well. So, I don't know. There's, I think there's a possibility that that uh, really counts in his favour. The only the other reason why I selected six as well because quite a few of these guys, uh, well, on our practice squad, so you've got your Isaiah Hodges, Hodgins, you've got Tanner Gentry. Uh, they're both on a practice squad. No one you know, went out of their way to claim them. Mm. Uh, Marquez Stevenson's the only one that could be claimed, but from what I've seen of him, I'm not concerned. You know, he's not someone that I'd just like to have on the active roster just to have sitting there so another team can get him. You know, I'm not, I'm not really concerned. I feel like there's a clear, like, tier gap between, like, the top guys and the other guys in our wide receiver room, which is a little bit strange because when you think about, this time last year, we all felt like the wide receiver group was our strongest area and, you know, we had some really good depth and it's, it, it was a proper battle, it felt like, like, in last year's training camp. And I feel like it's not quite like that anymore. Like, no, David Davis agree. has elevated his game. Yeah. You know, I think Jemison Crowder is an upgrade over Cole Beasley too. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's going to be more productive. Um, I think Kelly or Shakir could be a really good wide receiver four. Um, yeah, I really liked his college tape. I think you did as well. He was one of my sort of sort of draft crushes a little bit. Um, it's just it'd be interesting. Isaiah McKenzie to me is the wild card. It is we just don't know um, in, in in this probably new work, you slightly reworked offense, what shape is going to be. Um, we don't know what the style of play is going to be. Um, it's going to be different in some way, shape, or form. And maybe they see him as an option and it gets used more, or maybe they see him on as actually you know beyond what they need and uh, he's a trade candidate because he's on the he's on the contract he doesn't make a huge amount of money but you probably get a fifth round pick for him um so i don't know it'll be interesting to see uh, again we might we might get a sense from um, from the at least the preseason game as what well, what they're thinking yeah i get that my only argument about Isaiah McKenzie being a trade candidate is that he was on the open market and he resigned back with the Bills for one year. Was it yeah. one and a half, two million contracts? So it really a pretty cheap People contract. People weren't beating down the door, were they? But, no. you know, you show something in preseason, someone gets an injury, you never know. Yeah, yeah. And as, uh, as well as he's got that return experience. So yep. he could have some type of value. So tight end then, um, I have just to put it out there, I put Reggie Gilliam down as a tight end. I have as well, yeah. Okay, cool. Got to put him somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So who, who have you gone for? I've got four. I've got Dawson Knox, OJ Howard, Reggie Gilliam, and Tommy Sweeney. And I've got Tommy Sweeney as the only sort of debatable. Um, you know, he didn't exactly pull up any uh, any weeds really last year. Uh, but obviously they like him. Um, I think they like to have four tight ends because they do use Reggie Gilliam sometimes. I think there's a reason why they signed OJ Howard and they want that more athletic uh, attacking option to play essentially play two tight end sets. So if you're going to play more two tight, tight end sets, you definitely want four tight ends. So I don't really think this is going to be much of a debate personally. Um, yeah. I mean, we have heard that OJ Howard hasn't looked amazing in at least the sort of preseason stuff that's happened so far, but again, how, how much can you really tell from those things? The trip, the proof will be when he, we get to, uh, to training camp. Um, but um, yeah, similar to you. Yeah, very similar. The only change that I've got is not Tommy Sweeney. I, I'll put him as being a cut. Um, he won't actually make the fifty-three. Maybe he might come onto a practice squad. But I've got Jalen Widermeyer. Um, I didn't really like him that much in the draft process. 
but he was a productive college player, you know, before the 2021 season, he was considered like a first round pick. So I feel like, yeah, he's not got an athletic upside, you know, he only ran five seconds in a 40 yard dash. So he's not got an athletic profile, but I feel like he's got, you know, a modest floor. He's shown at a college level for Texas A&M that he's uh, able to perform and he's a good red zone threat. I just feel like, you know, Tommy Sweeney's got only one year left on his rookie deal. It's then a like for like, which player do you prefer? Yeah. Uh, so I've just picked Jalen Weimar. I personally hope that he I can see the argument. Him out. I can see the argument. I, I also think that Weidemeyer might be the guy to go, well, let's just stuff him on the practice squad for a, yeah. for a year and see how, see how he performs. But yeah, I can see the argument for sure. Yeah, good stuff. So offensive tackle then. Um, do you want to group the O-line or just do tackles and then... Yeah, do, do, do tackles to start off yeah. with. So I've got, I've got four, Dawkins, Questenberry, Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle. Yep, I've got the same. Um, were they all locks for you? Yeah, I've got all locks for me. Okay, yeah, I don't so see any of those being debatable. Yeah, I put Tommy Doyle as probable. So, in hindsight, you're probably right. It would be a lock just because just for you know, numbers. A... I mean, it was like, well, who else are they going to have playing tackle? Really? I mean, if you look at the options on the depth chart at the moment, it's uh, it's slim pickings once we get beyond uh, Tommy yeah. Doyle. And obviously, we know Tommy Doyle is yeah. pretty inexperienced as well. So, um, yeah, it's not a massively deep area of our roster, in my opinion. And he had a nice little roll towards the end of the season as that jumbo tight end that would come in and, you know, he really blew guys up in the run game as well. Mm. So, you know, he's going to play some snaps. I think he was expecting so. Bobby Hart or Luke Tenuda to make it, right? No, <laughs> so. absolutely not. If Bobby Hart finds a way, he's probably going to be one of these guys that he'll get cut after the 53 and he'll somehow find his way back on the practice squad. And it's purely down to the fact that he's played multiple games in the NFL you know he's had multiple starts in the NFL that's the only reason why he's still got a job is his, is his experience so he's got a lot he, he owes the Bengals a lot really because uh, without those starts if it was just purely based on you know the film he wouldn't be he'd be working for you know Target or something like that wouldn't he <laughs> I have to say he's never impressed me <laughs> that's no. for sure Turn style. Anyway, um, yeah, so interior offensive line, who have you got here? Okay, so at centre, I've got Mitch Morse, and then I've got Greg Mance, because I think he's the only guy that's actually, you know, kind of credible centre alternative. Roger Saffold, Ryan Bates, obviously he can, can play a bit of centre, we're told. I'm not sure we've seen him play an awful lot of it. Um, then I've got Cody Ford and Ike Botka as, um, as the other options. So there's 10, 10 yeah, offensive linemen. Um, I think the ones that are, I think, Probable Cody Ford and Greg Mance, and the one that's sort of more debatable, maybe Ike Bocker. Um, we don't know what he's going to be back after his injury. Um, but then again, you look at the other options that are on the uh, on the depth chart at the moment, there's not an awful lot uh, behind him. So that's how I have it uh, played out. What about you? Yeah, so I've actually only got four. So I've only got eight offensive linemen in total. So I feel like I can stash one or two of these uh, bodies that we've got on the practice squad. So I'm just trying to view long-term who mm-hmm. could we keep on a practice squad that and can elevate. So I've got Mitch Morse, Roger Saffold, Ryan Bates, and then Greg Van Roten. So um, Ike Botka, we don't know where he is with his injury. Uh, clearly he's well-liked and well-thought of by this uh, coaching staff. I think he has got a good chance, but it was just the numbers for me. Uh, I, I, I looked at this again, give it a second chance, uh, glance, and I needed a few more um I needed depth in other areas as well. So I only went for the four interior offensive linemen. And 
Cody Ford, he again, it, it's, it's a thing about contract status. You know, he's in his last year of his rookie deal. Uh, they've got experience with Greg Van Roten from his time at the Panthers. He's 32 years old. He's had pl- played plenty of games in, in the NFL. So I feel like from an experience standpoint, they yeah. just value that more than Cody Ford. So I feel like it could be, you know, the end for Cody Ford. Yeah, it may well be. Yeah, it may well be. It's a good argument. Um, I think they they really want Cody Ford to succeed, <laughs> but um, yeah, I suspect this is the his last season in uh, in Buffalo anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's a it's a good debate that. And like you say, Greg Roten, he's been in the league what something like eight seasons or something now. Yeah, um, experienced experienced player. Um, but obviously, the physical traits of Cody Ford with us having this new offensive line coach coming in. You know, if they can get more out of Cody Ford, then that's an absolute win, isn't it? I mean, it's a high pick, second round pick. Uh, we were all pretty excited about him when he when he was drafted, but you know, he's not come close to fulfilling his potential. Um, but I am optimistic that we might get more out of it with a with a better offensive line coach. Yeah, definitely. And as you said about the centre um, flexibility and position value, Ryan Bates was, you know, I just bought. He's got that versatility. He can play yeah. that potentially. So I think that I've got him filling One of the reasons that. why I put Greg Manson is simply because if Ryan Bates is locking down that right guard position, then yeah. you don't really want to be having to make another yeah. change if you lose someone at centre. But again, you know, you can argue it both ways. Yeah, definitely. So we'll move on to defence then. So defensive end, who have you got? All right. So at the ends, I have five. I've got Ron Miller, Greg Rousseau, AJ Manessa, Boogie Basham and Shaq Lawson. And the only one I've got down as probable is Shaq Lawson. I'm pretty sure that he'll be playing for us, but we haven't seen him. Um, You know, he hasn't torn up any trees elsewhere. Um, I'm pretty sure that Buffalo will revitalize him and we'll we'll see him as a really active part of the rotation. But um, yeah, I'm not sure he's an absolute lock. Yeah, so I've gone the same. But my probable is AJ Epinesa, mm-hmm. just because I feel like we haven't seen much growth in him the last couple of seasons. He could have some value on the trade market, potentially a, a fifth-round pick, as you said, with Isaiah yeah. McKenzie. It's kind of a you know value that I could see him having. Uh, Shaq Lawson, I just think they'll value his versatility, mm-hmm. his ability to contain... You know, he's he knows the system. He knows the area. I it's a really, like. really good run, uh, a run defensive group of defensive ends. You know, yeah. All of these guys, I think, are excellent against the run. Um, yeah. So, and hopefully with Von Miller and another year of development in Greg Rousseau, we're going to see more uh, more pressure off the edge as well. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, defensive tackle, who have you got? So I've got four. Uh, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Ed Oliver, and Jordan Phillips. All locks. All locks. Okay, that's interesting. So I've gone for five. So my three locks are Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, and Daquan Jones. My probable is Jordan Phillips. And my player that I want to force their way onto the roster is Eli Anquo. Mm. So I quite like Brian and Anquo last season when they came in. They've done yeah. a hell of a lot more than Vernon Butler did in his <laughs> snaps. I keep Indeed. going on about this, don't I? It feels like yeah, every... It's uh, Bugbears, yeah, isn't it? yeah, it really is. Uh, any opportunity to take a dig at Ben and Butler, <laughs> I, I take advantage of that. But yeah, so Eli Anquo is the one for me. I feel like he's stood out in the games and offered some good one-tech play on a cheap, modest contract. I'd like to think that Bryant could potentially find a way into a practice squad and then we'll have some fantastic depth at the defensive tackle position. So that's how I look at it. Jordan Phillips, I just put as a probable because it is on a small one-year contract and... I don't know, maybe they value 
other players in other areas more. He's a good dressing so. room presence, Jordan Phillips, isn't he? He's the kind yeah. of, he's a culture guy. Good and character, a, um, yeah, right. exactly. And I, th- I think that um, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what we get out of him. He's obviously not quite the player as he was that he left. I mean, he was one of those players that I think we often debated. He was probably benefiting from the from the play of others when he was getting all those sacks uh, for the Bills in previous seasons. But you know, I think he's a talented guy, and um, I'm happy to see him back. Honestly, I think he's a good guy. I think half of his pressures were converted into sacks. I think he only had like 19 pressures or something. But whenever he was able to get the quarterback, he was able to take him down. So we need a bit of that because mm. we were good at getting pressures last season, but not actually get quite getting there. So I'd say I really like the makeup of this defensive line now. I think it's yeah very well rounded. With the additions of Daquan Jones and Von Miller, I think is two quite big upgrades at uh, on the defensive line, and um, I'm really excited to see what it can do because. I think we all love a sack. We all love pressures and quarterback pressures. And it, this defense was already very, very good. And um, I think it's got quite a bit better. Uh, it's just going to buy even more time for this excellent secondary to do their work. And uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, exciting. Yeah, good stuff. Linebacker then? So this one was tricky. Um, well, tricky to a point. I've got Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Terrell John Dodson and Tyler Matakevich. Um, I feel like maybe I'm a linebacker short, but obviously with, um, with Andre Smith being suspended, he would have, probably would have been my sixth pick. Yeah, he's not going to be on that 53. I'm not quite sure exactly what the classification is when he because he's got PD suspension. And the other options of Marco Lee, um, you know, Joe Giles Harris, uh, he's Spectre. Yeah. I'm just not convinced any by any of these guys. And I suspect that you know, if you look at someone like um Saran Neal, you know, he often plays that sort of big slot bit of a hybrid player. You know, maybe they think they can get away with with five plus Saran Neal and as a, as a cornerback. Yeah, so I've gone with the same ones, exact same five. I put uh, Tyrell Dodson and Tyler Matakavich as probables. I feel like Matakavich probably is a lock. I feel like he had a restructure yeah. that meant that it wouldn't make any sense to cut him. So, um, you know, he's a special teams ace. And most of these guys are, right? Like outside of Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano and Tyrell well, Bernard. Yeah, I think that this Tyrell Bernard sort of changes the, the equation a little bit, doesn't it? Because I think he's more versatile than um, AJ Klein. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what, how they're going to use him, but I think he will probably see more of him than we did see of Klein. I suspect just because he can play in a number of different roles. Um, I'm still not totally convinced by the draft pick, but Hey, that's another, another, another question. But now he's here. Um, maybe that gives them the ability to only, uh, only keep five. Yeah. And maybe it's for Matt Milano. Like pathway to the team because he played a lot of special teams in his first year and then after that he was introduced and brought in out of necessity I feel like with uh, the Preston Smith and those kind of guys yeah. leaving and you know leading to pair him with Tremaine Edmonds. You know. I can see him playing you know against the Patriots for example when you know they're going to be bringing two tight ends and um, him and Milano being the guys who are matching up against those I can absolutely see that that happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. So cornerback then. So who have you got down here? All right, I've got six cornerbacks. Trey White, Kay Ulam, Taron Johnson, Dane Jackson, Saran Neal and Cam Lewis. And the only one I've got is sort of debatable is uh, Cam Lewis. Yeah. No, so I'm pretty similar. So I... I know Suran Neal is listed as a cornerback, but I consider him more of a safety. So I've got him in a safety bracket. So he does make my 53, but yeah, I consider him a safety. So my cornerbacks, I've got six. So I'll probably carry an extra one than you are. So my four locks are Trey White, 
Tyron Johnson, Kyrie Elam and Dane Jackson. My probables, Cam Lewis. And then the player I want to force onto this roster is Nick McLeod. Mm. Uh, Nick McLeod, I quite liked what I saw from him last preseason. I felt like he was pretty sticking coverage. Uh, they like good... him as well, don't they, I think? Yeah, I think they do. Like they, they wanted to find a way of keeping them on that practice squad. I think ideally I would like to keep them on the fifty-three, but they just couldn't. You know, it's a position thing. Uh, you know, how many players per position? Sometimes you're not going to be able to keep everyone that you want. So he just fell foul of that. Clearly, other players, uh, other teams saw his tape in, in the preseason, and the Bengals put a claim in for him, and he was on and off their roster. So I just liked what I saw from him. He's not spectacularly talented or athletic, but he had good ball skills and I felt like he was a good tackler as well, pretty physical. So, you know, he's not going to, you know, uh, set the world alight or anything like that. But I liked what I saw and I feel like, you know, with this coaching staff of Sean McDermott uh, and uh, Butler as the defensive backs coach, they can, you know, get the best out of him. And I'd like to find a way of keeping him on the roster if we can. So they're my six. All right. On the safety. So, safety, yeah. So go ahead. Uh, well, I've got four. I guess you have five. We've got Poya Hyde, yeah. DeMar Hanlon and Jaquan Johnson. Yeah, that's exactly the same. So um, other than adding Sir Ron Neal to that, have you, are, they, are they all locks for you? Yeah, or? I've got Moore's locks. Okay. Um, so I don't see any, any, anything different happening there. I think this okay. safety group is pretty much baked in. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, I've got as a probable, and um, that's only changed for, for me. Um, Cyril Neal, it'd be interesting what they do there because when he signed his new contract, he was given some assurances that they'd use him a little bit more in this defense. So I don't know what that'll look like, if that will be as a corner, uh, if he comes in and plays a little bit, you know, some some snaps in the slot. So I, I doubt it with Toron Johnson being there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and what his role's going to be. Because, yeah, it sounds like they're, they're trying to, you know, create a special role for him in this defense to showcase his talents. And clearly they, they really value him. I remember a couple of seasons ago they talked about him and you know they think he's you know extremely athletic. You know, I think it's a case of trying to get his play recognition and you know his um his awareness and everything like that just just be a bit more engaged in the play. Sometimes there was there was times that he'd kind of fall asleep and you know miss miss misread a coverage or you know lose a player but he's definitely got that athletic profile to have some success in the NFL and not yeah. just be a special teams gunner or you know, have he's a, a matchup guy isn't he this uh, you know you can sort of imagine him playing up against you a big a big slot perhaps you know or a bigger wide receiver uh, somebody where you need a bit more bulk um, to go up against them I'm, I'm trying to think now who we're playing this year and whether there's anybody that sort of fits into that category not, not one sort of especially springs to mind but um I think what they, they're looking for these sort of more almost like positionless players, maybe, you know, these sort of movable chess pieces or so to speak with Terrell Bernard and Saram Neal. I can see them sort of just being matchup guys, you know, against this, this dude, you're going to, you're going to play, but then next week, you're not even going to be, uh, make the fifth, make the, um, the roster. Yeah. Good stuff. And the last position groupings are special teams. So yeah. I'll put them all in one bucket. So who have you got making this roster? So Reed Ferguson as long snapper, uh, Tyler Bass as kicker and Mata Razor as the punter. Yeah. Same. Same, exactly the same. Probable for a razor, though. It all depends on that holding, doesn't it? Like, I'm a little bit sick and tired of talking about. I think he'll play a punter's holding ability. There's any debate, he'll play. 
Um, I think they'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, convinced of that. I, I mean, we should show you some... seen it. There's going to yeah. be debatable, but I, I'm convinced he will play. You don't draft think... a punter that high, that high and then cut him because he can't hold the ball. I, can, mm. I cannot imagine that happening. As long as he shows a level of competency holding uh, and doesn't affect Tyler Bass too much, then, yeah, I can't see why they could see him at hack. And, you know, Matt Razor, I'm a fan of him. He's clearly got a massive leg on him. It'll be interesting to see how he transitions to the NFL. There's a lot more at stake in terms of his accuracy. You know, he's not going to be pinned in his own 10-yard line and have to thump it on each punt. You know, there's going to be times where we'll be towards a halfway line or, you know, within our half. He's better than Matt Hark. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All, I, all I'm fully matters. aware of that. I'm just saying, like, everyone just thinks he's going to come in and prep play an all pro level and yeah, be just, yeah and I don't I don't care team. just just be better than Matt Hawk. that's all I care about um yeah, yeah you're right he's not going to be an all pro on day one that's for sure um but as I said the bar is low <laughs> really low really low yeah no I, I certainly agree with that and I liked uh, because I didn't really watch uh, who, like us two we enjoy the draft but we're not going to watch punter film uh you know <laughs> nope. when we're scouting prospects and I just you know, once the Bills select the players, you always have to find a highlight clip of each player and put it on a razor. And it wasn't just the, the massive leg that he possesses, but I quite enjoyed the fact that he was a good tackler, you know, the Pat McAfee style, yeah, yeah. you know, punter that can, you know, it's physical That's and good point. makes tackles and hopefully doesn't get to that point and, you know, our uh, coverage unit can get to the uh, returner before Matt Arraiz has to step in and make a tackle. But it's pretty rare it's, that you really want uh, them to be doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's sort of, you know, only the critical games, which are super tight and, and in very particular circumstances. But It says a lot yeah. about that San Diego like State. Yeah, his mentality <laughs> is good though, right? I mean, he's, he's obviously yeah. up for being and adding as much value as he can to the team. That's the kind of stuff that McDermott loves. So yeah, I'm yeah. convinced he'll make it. And I, I'm sure that what we'll hear for the next, you know, uh, once we get to training camp in those weeks will be, is he holding? How's he holding? How, what impacts that? I'm very, very convinced he will be on that 53. Yeah, absolutely. So that concludes our 53-man roster projection. So as I said, we'll come back to this at some point near to the season. But uh, yeah, no, it's all uh, it's good. We're, we're getting there finally. Excellent stuff. Well, maybe something to uh, just remind folks about if you yeah. are in the southeast of England and you happen to be free on Sunday, the 31st of July, there is a Bills meetup at Fitzrovia Bell. Just a casual get-together for, uh, for Bills fans. You want to come along and have a drink, you'd be very welcome. Uh, we'd love to see you. It's a friendly group of people. And uh, yeah, looking forward so sort of hanging out with uh, with Bill's Mafia again. It's been far, far too long. And Charlie, you have to promote uh, the podcast you're on earlier this week. I was listening to it on a drive home uh, last night, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. So, uh, oh, you like to tell you? people? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Although I did say to you, didn't I, uh, through text, because the, the, the podcast that you went on, I'll allow you to explain what that is and uh, where you need to go for that. But he's a, a Dolphins fan, and I thought, you know, you not necessarily, you know, he was a nice guy and. Uh, it just felt like, you know, you could have given him a little bit more shit about being a Finns fan. Right? Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like the Finns fans, like I have a more of a hatred towards Finns fans than I do the Jets, let's just no, say. I'm the opposite. I, I find that, Are you? Yeah, but mostly because most of the Finns fans I ever meet are absolute part-timers. Uh, whereas <laughs> Jets are hardcore idiots and um, Patriots, well, we know the reason the word mass hole exists, right? So um, yeah. actually, yeah, so I was on um, Andy's, Andy's podcast, it was a Euro trips, um, a really good guy. Um, yeah, we talked 
preview the Bills season. He's actually putting out previews for for all the um, all the teams um, over the course of the next few weeks. So so look out for that. But yeah, kind of gave a bit of a feeling for what this Bills off season is going to be about. We did a game prediction uh, list as well. Talked about it. It's funny enough, we're actually going to be at the same game. We're both going to be on uh, Thanksgiving in in Detroit. He's uh, taking some time off and going to tour parts of the US and go to a whole heap of games. And um, yeah, well. I'll meet him in person um, when we're in Detroit, which is which is kind of cool. But yeah, Euro trips—that's um, the one to look out for. Andy Davis is the guy. Uh, really pleasant chat uh, with him, and yeah, enjoyed talking uh, talking bills and previewing the season. That's my like dream right there. Like my top of my bucket list would be to do a road trip around the US and go to as many stadiums and watch as many games as possible. So I certainly envy that trip. Sounds amazing. Certainly does. Well, um, great to speak to you all again, and we will be back very soon with uh, with more builds from afar. So look out for that. Um, if you want to get in touch, please feel free. I am Charlie underscore Sports. He's Tim Rudge ninety, or you can catch us on our Twitter account, Bills from Afar. Um, you can also email us, billsfromafar at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us that way. If you've got an idea for a show or somebody you'd, you'd like to come and tell your uh, Bill story, please uh, feel free to let us know. Until next time, uh, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>